Hi, this is Tiffany, and I love AVA Live Radio. This is Brian J. Klein, and I love AVA Live Radio. Hey, music. this is Rob Hill from Canada, and I absolutely love AVA Live Hi, Radio. Hi, this is Tara Everly of Iridescence, and I love AVA Live Radio. Hey, guys, this is Jacqueline Jackson. I love AVA Live Radio. This is Lainey Nash, and I love AVA Live Radio. This is Chris Bishop, and I love AVA Live Radio. Hi, this Radio. is Naomi Sum, and I love AVA Live Radio. Hi, we're Orange Avenue. And we love AVA Live Radio. Welcome to AVA Live Radio, everyone. This is your host, Jacqueline Jacks, with episode number 566 with Menafall and Troy Patterson. We've got some great music coming up on the show. Also want to give you a little heads up about some anchor stories have already released actually out there on Google Play and Apple iTunes. There's a lot of information about social media and we field so many questions from you guys about music marketing or just marketing using the social media pages to be able to get a better outcome. Now we do have a lot of groups where we answer questions and do things. But, you know, in the end of it, it's really impossible to get to everyone's question personally. So we found that having these daily anchor sessions are really, really helpful. So far, we've got some interesting ones about growing your audience and building your brand. There are also some Q&As about social conversations and how to make those better, get more engagement, focus on social media, DIY marketing for musicians. And we are also did the top 10 Twitter social tips. So as well as Snapchat rollouts and things like that. We've also got one coming up in the next few days about Instagram hacks because they recently changed the algorithm. Many of you guys are noticing a huge decline in your reach. As you know or may not know, Instagram is owned by Facebook, so the same rules are starting to apply over there. We do have some hacks to help you get more users, so if you aren't getting a lot of um, engagement on your posts, if it's really hard for you to get followers, if you're if it's just impossible to get seen in the news feed and you're down to that five or ten percent of your following, um, then we have some hacks to help you get through it. And that's what we are doing those free shows for. So be sure to tune in over to us on Anchor that is available on all our social media pages. We are linked up. If you get lost, just head on over to our Instagram page at AVA Live Radio because it is linked up in the bio. So you can't miss another one of those shows. All right, guys, kicking off this episode with a new song, Who Was I by Metafall. This is an interesting song that has a video we're featuring on AVA Live Radio. The video is fantastic. We even shot out some Instagram stories about it. Be sure to catch it on those feeds. We'll be right back after this.
Welcome her to AVA Live Radio. Hi, Mina. How are you? Hi. Oh, I'm great. I am great. So excited to be here. Really excited you're here. You know, I've been admiring your video and your voice. And as we we spoke before a little bit about finding your own unique sound, I know that that is not an easy road for anyone, for any artist. What What has been your key to finding it? Like, first, how did you get here? Uh, Well, you know, the interesting thing about this journey is everyone's journey in the entertainment or artistic industry is so unique and different. Um, You know, some people don't get started for until they're what we consider, I think, um, I think it's finally coming into your own. I feel like I became a different person in my 20s when I could really, you know, find my own voice and be who I maybe never really could before. Um, and then some people, you have Britney Spears, who starts at 15 or even younger, you know, but um, right, yeah. yeah, so so my journey, though, was very unique in the sense that I've always been a singer, but it was always a hobby. And I uh, 
have a lot of classical jazz influences, but I grew up in a very uh, small town outside of Lafayette, Louisiana. So it was really, wow. really, that yeah, it's a very, yeah. yes, yes, it really did. So I had a lot of Cajun culture. I hear that. And, right. Um, yeah. yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> and, and, you know, old school country music, not like the, some of the greats, you know, like the Loretta Lynn, Sally Parton. Um, and, and the funny thing though, is something really changed in me, um, when I was in my adolescent years, I guess, you know, uh, maybe preteen, where I started to really vibe with pink. I loved pink so much. I love And that was too. really a rebellious. Yeah, she's yeah. great. And she took Is so she many awesome? risks. And right. she's so great. And continues. And my God, her energy level is crazy. It's just it's so hardcore. <laughs> who, can, who could agreed, ever think that that agreed. could keep going, you know? Yeah, yeah. And and just she's been such a role model through so many different phases of life that a woman goes through that I think it's mm-hmm. very powerful that she was a young, rebellious teen. Then she was, you know, that 20-something still taking risks. And now she's a mom still taking risks and, you know, mm-hmm. being a wife, being a mother, but showing the world, like, you can still do what you want to do and you can be whoever it is that you are. So mm-hmm. I, I say all of that because the... uh you know, when I was in high school, I, I really kind of shied away from singing. It, it was it was almost a rebellion of myself. You know, I thought, no, 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 you're told so many times uh, that that's not a real job. Oh, that's not a real thing you can do. And I was really good in school. Um, you know, I've been very fortunate to really achieve high academically. So I really kind of just went with it and you know, went through college, went through law school. And it was during my time in law school when I moved to New Orleans uh, that I really came into my own. And Mm -hmm. I did some entertainment work as an attorney, ultimately met my producer, Carlos Stevens, um, who is a hip hop giant. I mean, he was one of the founding you know, members of No Limit with Master P and um, Beats by the Pound. and, And they're just They had such a unique sound and it's such a different type of music that Mm -hmm. I had ever really been influenced by, you know, that when Mm -hmm. we started working in the studio together and it wasn't just um, me singing cover music or me singing um, what I had always thought I would, you know, sound like because you're just kind of trained to, even if Mm -hmm. you sound a little different, kind of like what we were talking about uh, before we started the interview, you don't know if, oh, does that not sound good? Oh, let me let me just sing normal, normal yeah. in quote. You know, let me just let me just right. sing the way that I've heard all these pop singers sing over the years. Which greatness to them. That's you know, it's wonderful. But what I often didn't understand was that that sound is unique to each and every artist. So yes. one day in the studio. <laughs> Um, yeah, we were playing around, you know, I, and I've always been a writer. Uh, I love to write. It's just been something that's been my niche. I was an English major in, in um, college, and I, I, I love to write, but I wasn't really a songwriter, and that's a big difference. <laughs> yeah. So Carlos and I just kind of started working together. We get together every, you know, few weeks, probably, man, the first year or so after 
we said, all right, let's start a project. And one day I was singing some Amy Winehouse just off the cuff. And I did this thing that I used to consider in my head. Oh, I think I sound whiny. Oh, I think I, I don't really like what I sound like right now. And he just stopped me in my tracks in the middle of a song and said, what is, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I'm just, it's Amy Winehouse. I mean, I'm vibing. I, I love her. And, you know, that was, unfortunately, after her passing. And she was always an artist to me that evoked that emotion of the giants, the people that we really haven't touched in 50 years. You know, the Etta James, the Aretha Franklin. The, I agree. And why is that? Why is that? I mean, there's so many new well, artists that come out every day. And yet they are also, I think... I think not all of them, but I, I see so many do well by being overproduced instead of well, that's just, it. That's just it. singing, just you know, just men. relying on the voice. Right. Yeah. It's, yes. it's a lot of filters relying and a lot of things voice. happening. Well, you know, it's very vulnerable. I think that's a big part of it. True. I think that, you know, in a society filled with social media, constant criticism, um, albeit it's wonderful for emerging artists now with social media because you really can get access as an independent artist to platforms that you would have never been able to touch before. You also are open to that criticism. So why not mm. let the producers overproduce it and you just give me that plain vocal? But yeah. I think the difference is Compressed. those giants, yeah. yeah, they were them, they were those unique artists. You know, there's there really aren't artists like Erica Badu that come out again. You know, mm-hmm. and I found Erica Badu when I was in college, and Did you? I thought, wow, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it. So I say all of that because I think that really becoming into your own and being that unique artist and that unique voice is what produces a giant if that giant is willing to really take the risk and be vulnerable and just feel and, and, you know, write the songs that hurt, but then it's therapeutic after you write the song and you read it and you realize, and yeah, you might cry a few times, you might cry when you perform it, you know, but Mm -hmm. that's, that's that vulnerability that so many people can relate to. And it's all about relatability. And I think that we've lost sight of, some of the relatability, even though it's such an open space where artists can communicate now directly with their fans for the longest mm-hmm. time, artists are untouchable. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I know. I mean, think about it. We can, you can vlog now. I, I mean, I was talking about this the other day. I watch, I have, I have a, a Chromecast, so it allows me to run YouTube and it allows me to run pretty much anything on my television. So I no longer watch cable, which is what's happening in the world. Nobody is watching it anymore. You know what I mean? We're all watching YouTube and Netflix and, you know, all these different people that are producing shows. But what I find on YouTube, the difference between a movie that I maybe just kind of settle into and then my daily habits of watching people vlog is that vlog to me is the new news in television. It's it's like Mm -hmm. being able to connect with people in a much different way, because now it's not a matter of after you watch that, you can't leave a comment and they won't ask, you know, they'll answer back because they're real people. So exactly. when you talk about the vulnerability and the, the space we're in, 
I think it's really important to be mindful of of what's actually happening in our culture because people want real. They want that vulnerability, right? They relate to it better. But but don't you think from where you're sitting and what you've been through, it's really important to not only have someone on your team that can help you produce the sound so that the vulnerability is there, but it's also correct in your ears. You know what I mean? Absolutely. No, 150% to that. I will tell you that there are risks that I would have never taken without Carlos's ear behind me. You know, there are things that I wouldn't have heard, especially as a new artist with a new sound and just new to the industry into my own new persona, if you will, you know? So it's mm-hmm. very important to have someone or a team by your side that really has your best interest and the best interest of the music in mind. Yes. And having that expertise, they need to know how to run that equipment because you you know, you sing raw on these systems and as digital as they are and as many things can go you know, good with them. Um, you end up over compressing sometimes because you feel right. like the tones and, you know, all the different things and elements in your voice are going in a million different directions. And then once you hear the raw sound, you're like, wow, I got to do something to level it or, you know, to make it all make sense, but still not lose right, right. the edge I have. And that's like that part of the creative now gets technical (laughs) and it it almost stops people in their tracks. I think it discourages a lot of artists from going down the road that you've been because they want to, they back off too much because they don't know how to, you know, make it all work together. Well, and that's very true though. I mean, it really is because I have met with producers. I have um, been around, you know, seasoned musicians who, would have looked at me and, and, and have looked at me and said, I couldn't sing, said, oh, we don't have the right sound for that. Oh, we'll need to auto-tune that. Oh, we'll need to do this. So many discouraging people around me that mm-hmm. I really, I mean, I'm just very fortunate to have someone like Carlos, you know, but also on the flip side is, is believing in yourself enough to know when you really have something that's worth fighting for, you know, because, and I'm sure there's so many artists and, and yourself included being in, you know, the music industry and having your music background, there have been a lot of doors closed, you know, a lot, Mm -hmm. but the beautiful thing is they're all leading you to that door that is going to open, you know? I think the minute that you get something like a music video together, or you get a piece of music together that you're happy with, that's the open door. I always think that that's, it. it's, that's the door that opens because it's, it's really just, it's just you opportunities that come from it. Those are additional doors. Sure. You know, and you always want to think right. that opportunities are going to come, but they will come and you might not, you might not take them. They might not be, you know, like they say, I sent you a plane, a bus, a helicopter. You didn't take it. Well, yeah. Cause that's really not what I was looking for. And it turned out the music right. was what I was looking for. Getting that right is the door. Exactly. Exactly. I always think that we make roads for ourselves and journeys for ourselves that sometimes we don't really want at the end of the day. Like I talked to a lot of artists who really thought in the beginning, all they wanted was a record label to take some kind of action on their music. And then when they got it, 
like they got signed to Sony or they got something. And then later on, I talked to them and they said, you know what? I had to get out of my deal because I went nowhere. They did nothing for me. They said that, you know, I have to build an audience and I have to, you know, until I trend and take off, they're not going to help me there. They're not going to make me trend and take off. Exactly. Because they don't want to risk. They don't want the risk. So you have to right. take the risk of your on yourself, you know, mm-hmm. and and I learned that just through through I, I am very fortunate to have, you know, the education of an attorney behind me and really doing research from my own situation with, um, you know, the music industry and really understanding so the value of a record mm-hmm. label that I own, that I am the one that is in control of, because once you have a, you know, major label involved, you no longer really have the control you have and the autonomy you have when you're that indie artist. Also, there's something beautiful about the struggle and the grind with it, because like Mm -hmm. you said, no one else is going to take that risk on you. The big labels, once you already established, well, once you're already established, Mm -hmm. why go to them? Just keep doing it yourself, you know? I know. Yeah. It's only, the only reason why I've ever seen, and I haven't seen it work out for everyone. Like, for instance, uh, we have some artists that are so big on their own and they just keep growing that they've developed their own, they have their own studio, they have their own filming crew, they they do everything independently. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they signed with a big label and it's just like their whole career, everything came to a halt. So they had to get out of it because the level that they were producing couldn't match the attention that the the label was going to give them. And they didn't really offer them any more distribution than they already had. But then you have some Mm -hmm. other people that are in positions where they have a song that's really trending or, you know, some, some social accounts that are really trending. And then a label comes on board, like, like universal, where you seeing, and then they take them out there they're able to put some money behind them because they already know that they're going to make money. Right. And right. they can bring them up to the top, which is what you're seeing with some of these, um, these videos that are hitting 1 billion views, right? That's generated through right. finance. Now, oh, whether we're going to know those, 100%. right? I don't know if we're going to know that person next year, though. That's the only thing, you know, maybe it's just yeah. going to be one of those things where, it, they're not going to be there. And that's what we see happening. Right. It's not a guarantee. It's just a, a vehicle at some point. And it doesn't right. work for everyone. It's really unusual. Right. And I think it's, it's fascinating. Yes, no, but I mean, everything you're saying is it's so, it's stuff that we have in our internal meetings with my small team, like just like you're talking about that. We keep very close. We have the videography team. We have the photography. It's in-house, two or three people that do everything. That's awesome. And we have these conversations all the time. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It you've really got is. a good, I think you've got a great mix. And I think, I think you've been very smart with it. Um, it's probably one, you. because like you said, you, you have an education in law. So you, you understand research, you understand team efforts and, and what it takes right. to kind of make everything cohesive. So you're very intelligent there. I think that your music is has found its road and I love the fact that the video team is able to capture it it seems like everything's in alignment what do you feel is the missing piece for the next step for you um well I've thought I've actually thought about this exact question a lot within myself you know 
Um, And I really think it's that public relations marketing boost that we were just talking about with the major labels, the force they put behind an artist that might get a billion streams today and not be around next year. That there's an in-between between the two. That, that is, I think, the key that we're missing is getting, just getting out there a little more. And that is my personal goal, my business goal. And, you know, actually, I think our entire label goal for this next year is to really get out there and start reaching real people that are willing to hop on for the journey, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. And what, what journey, I mean, is it, what would be the ultimate goal for you? Is it to get a billion views on your YouTube video? Is it to sell out, you know, a a certain amount of tickets to come see you? Is it to play at a certain hall? I mean, there's so many different, you know, there's so many different wants and needs in music and it's not all the same for everyone, but what would be your key thing if you could just pick one? To keep doing what I'm doing, to keep keep being able to release and write and put music out that people not only want to stream, but want to buy, but will say, Mm -hmm. oh my goodness, I've never seen Mina fall. She's coming out to do a show. Let's go see her. To have that, that little, uh, whether it's a 10 seat theater, a 100 person, you know, civic center or arena, that, that's it. None of that to me matters as much as people really connecting, because I think if you can get one person or five people to listen to your music and say, oh, my goodness, I felt that before. I felt that happiness, that pain, that whatever feeling you're conveying in that song. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. And that's all I want. You know, I, I've Maybe it's just having a little world experience, being older when I started. For me, not old in the sense of, you know, society, but the music (laughs) business, their standards, you know, the standards that you used to have to pop out as a pop star before you were 16 or 17 years old. Um, But to be able to come out into my own in my late 20s and say, I want to keep doing this. This is wonderful. That's it. That's the goal. That's awesome. What a great goal. And you know what? I already have some amazing ideas to help you find that niche audience that you're looking for. So we've been talking a little bit on Instagram. Go on my Instagram Mm -hmm. after the show so I can share them with you because I really think that I know what you need to do in order to get this (laughs) niche to get into the right audience. And, and I think, um, okay. you know, it's just come to me while we're talking. So let's do it. I can't wait. Thanks for being on the show with me. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank Great you. to have you here. Thank you. You're welcome. It's Mina Fall on AVA Live Radio. Such a great talent, you know, and she's got all the pieces together. I, that's exciting for me because I know that the, uh, the rest of the way is actually easier than what she's done already. She's already got her unique sound. She knows where she's going. She's got her influences, you know, feeding into her, her whole universe. And, and I think that that's so important because once you have that right, those are the pieces that are now ready to take to the niche audience. And we talk about that all the time on the show. How do you reach the people? You have to have the vehicle in order to reach the people. So if the vehicle's not in order, then the people won't come in, you know, the way that they should. 
And it's not as easy because you're a little bit too diversified. So this is a great example of someone who's going to grow very, very quickly. And I cannot wait to speak to her, um, you know, privately on Instagram after the show about how she's going to do that. 